Welcome to the Next Level Life Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Corcoran, founder of Periscope Coaching, qualified business and life strategy coach, workshop facilitator, and speaker. The Next Level Life Podcast is all about taking your life and business to the next level. Each episode is designed to open up your mind to a new perspective, to inspire you to live your life with purpose and passion. Each week, I will endeavor to bring you a new episode with a thought, insight, or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner to help you push past your fears and inspire your soul. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to episode 23 with my guest speaker, Leah Shadell from the Mindful Wealth Movement. On today's episode, we're talking everything money. So Leah created an a social enterprise called the Mindful Wealth Movement after years of experience in the financial industry and combined her qualifications in wellness coaching, money coaching, yoga teaching and writing to create a passionate way of looking at well-being and teaching women to manage money in a holistic, meaningful and creative way. Leah runs online programs, face-to-face workshops and wealth and well-being retreats all over the world, which incorporate personal finance, mindfulness yoga, well-being, and personal development. In 2016, Leah was named the Money Management's Young Achiever of the Year. And in 2017, she won the AFA TAL Female Excellence in Advice Award. Leah's work has also been featured in publications such as The Elle Magazine, Wonderlust, Yogi Times, The Sydney Morning Herald, and The Age. As a social enterprise, the Mindful Wealth Movement aims to empower women with the mindset, skills, and confidence to better manage their relationship with money, reduce financial stress, and create happier, healthier, and wealthier lives. On today's episode, we discuss all things money and purpose, including how money may be enabling you or controlling you, what is an abundance mindset and how can we utilize it, understanding how to view our debt from an abundance mindset, what is good debt and what is limiting debt, how are you expanding your future or is it is your future being limited by your money mindset? What to do when starting out in business in regards to money and when to hire staff? Understanding money patterns and beliefs and how to not limit yourself by only looking within your own industry with, for your own development and growth. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. So let's get straight to it. Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. On today's episode, I have the privilege of interviewing Leah Shadell. I'd love to welcome you to the podcast and thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, so cool. So we've just been chatting a little bit about everything that you do and I'm so excited to be able to share this with my listeners. So could you tell us a little bit about what you do, the wealth movement and how you got started? Yeah, for sure. So I started the Mindful Wealth Movement about three years ago. Um, I've got a background as a financial advisor um, and a yoga teacher and a mindfulness coach and a wellness coach. And I kind of just decided to integrate all of them into doing something a little bit differently and working with women to help them create a really healthy relationship with money so that they can then use money as a tool to live the lives that they want to live. Awesome. And I think in this day and age, money is one of those things that we constantly talk about. It can influence our lives on a daily basis. When clients are coming to you for guidance in regards to money, what are their main stresses? Well, money is the leading cause of stress. And it does. You're right. It's a daily influencer in our life. There's not a moment that we're probably not doing something that's related to money. We're Mm. earning it. We're spending it, thinking about it, dreaming of it. It's stressing us out. So 
to have a really healthy life, we need to have a healthy relationship with money because it's fundamental. Mm. So it can be anything. It could be that it's stressing them out or that um, they just don't have a plan for the future with it or it's just not creating the life that they want to live at the moment. So it's really about saying, well, what does money mean to you? And then how do we use this thing, this tool, because all it is is a tool, to then create the life that we want to live? Mm. That's it. People get so caught up with money being how they define themselves mm-hmm. and what it, who they are with money or without money. I think it's, yeah, that's massive. So how would you describe a healthy relationship with money? So I always say in order to manage money well, you need to manage yourself well. So it's all about how you think and how you feel and then what you do with money. So there's sort of three levels because mm. it doesn't matter if we have good intentions. If we don't follow it up with the actions, we're not going to get the outcome we want. But quite often we'll say, oh, okay, no, I'm going to budget. And we all hate that word budget, but we, we do the action of budgeting. But then our mindset doesn't support that. So we've, we're feeling restricted and we're feeling like we're not going to... We're going to have to do without all the things that we want. So because we don't align the thoughts and the feelings and the actions, we don't get the results that we want. So a lot of what I'm teaching people is that knowledge is is good, but you also need to have that self-awareness to say, well, what are the habits and what are my beliefs and what are my thoughts and feelings around this? And if they're not in alignment with the actions, it's never going to work. Mm. So you started out as a financial advisor. So what sparked this whole concept of getting into mindfulness with money yeah good question um i started out and i kind of just fell into financial planning like i got really good marks when i was studying in all of the accounting and maths and economic subjects Um, but i'm a really creative person so i kind of had that yin yang left right brain balance going on (laughs) and as much as i like numbers i get bored by them and i kind of fell into my career and i was in it for quite a period of time but i always felt like It wasn't me, like I was playing a role or I was pretending to be someone that I wasn't. And I also felt that financial advice as such was only kind of going so far. So investing people's money or um, not really talking to people about, well, what does money actually mean to you? And you don't necessarily need more of it to be happy. But Mm. those kind of conversations weren't happening. So I started studying yoga um, in 2012 and... Some of the philosophy that was coming through was more around personal development and life coaching and just understanding what creates an authentic and happy life um, really started to resonate with me. And I was thinking, I'm saying a lot of this stuff to my financial planning clients, but I'm separating it. So I just sort of started to combine it, not really knowing what I was doing in a sense. And then it kind of just became this movement that made a lot of sense as I worked with clients and started mm. seeing the results. Um, it's never just about the money. So mm. a lot of my clients come to me and say, I want to talk to you about money. But in actual fact, it's I want to talk to you about how to use money because I've got all of these dreams and goals and I want to live a well and happy life. So mm. it's then just going, well, okay, let's just understand what money really is. It's a tool. And then how can we use that tool to really create what we value um, and quite often we can't even articulate what we value. So yeah. it's sort of much more than just the money. True. I love that because I have a, had a similar experience with obviously getting into business coaching that for so long I was consulting and supporting people to grow their businesses, but found it only went to a certain depth. Yeah. And I was like, but oh, I need to help the person before they can help the business. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's so cool. Love it. So what, 
What's been some of your proudest moments in regards to helping people through understanding money? I think when you can shift the stress around money and what money represents so people can actually understand what it represents to them, they can take back control. Mm. And when you have control, you can then use it for the future. But when it controls you, you have to live a life according to its terms. So seeing that transition from people being controlled by money to then controlling their money is such a huge shift. It's life-changing. Mm. And I think it gives you that power and that freedom. And um, it's, it's really interesting. And then also just working as you would as you would feel as well, working with people to help them work out what their money personality is or what their business personality or, um, and what their values are. And then having those sort of awareness, self-awareness moments where people go, wow, I never really thought about that. Mm. Like, how do you define success? I don't know. I've never thought about mm. that. And to get someone to be able to then have that clear vision, it's just, mm. it's, it's amazing. I love it. And then even going, well, is that definition of success yours mm-hmm. or is it your dad's yeah. or your mum's yeah. or some old boss? Like it's yeah. really interesting to see how people have this image of what success means or it's something that society is telling them that is successful. Absolutely. But it doesn't necessarily mean that success is going to give you happiness. No, not at all. peace or whatever that might be that you're looking for. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think so often we don't take the time, the space. So that's where that mindfulness comes in, mm. giving ourselves time to say, hang on, is this actually my own definition? Is this what truly makes me happy? Or is mm. it just what I've been led to believe and I've actually just grasped on as my own belief system and said, okay, cool. If I have this house and this great job and this mortgage and these cars and I'm going to be really happy, but then we get there and we're miserable Mm. and we can't work out why because we haven't had that space to actually allow ourselves to think about it. So I'm a big believer that we need to create all of those definitions for ourselves and give ourselves space to work them out. Um, And they're quite hard. They're Mm. they're big questions, life questions. Um, And then there's also that challenge that once you work it out, what do you do with it? Alignment, <laughs> exactly. Is my life in alignment with that? If not, uh-oh, I've got to make some changes. Or you don't. It's up to you. Go. Yeah. And so you mentioned beliefs. You obviously, I with coaching in, in general, beliefs are massive. They really shape who we are, what, what we make of our lives. Mm-hmm. How do you find shifting someone's money beliefs changes their whole perspective? It, uh, exactly what you've said. It changes their whole perspective. So... Beliefs obviously are inherited at a very young age, um, so we get most of them by the age of about seven, and then through experience we create new beliefs as we go on. So when we, when I say to my clients quite often is that you've got a seven-year-old dealing with your money, so it's either you've got a lack mentality or a scarcity mentality or you've got abundance mentality. And a lot of these messes, money messages that we receive from society and from parenting and school and um, from each other really aren't serving us. They're limiting beliefs. So money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard to have a lot of money. Um, money's the cause of all evil. Like all of these limiting beliefs that we don't actually realize we have. Mm. So it's, again, not until you bring it up to the awareness and go, is this actually serving me or not? Do I really believe this? And if not, that's cool. That's mm. where we can work and create a more expanding belief system to help you then attract more money or stop working six days a week but just work five and work smarter not harder so there's lots of different ways that it can be influencing us without even being aware of it Mm. massive massive Massive. yeah Yeah. so tell me a little bit about how the wealth movement has developed over the years yeah so the mindful wealth movement was a concept that i pitched to a startup incubator program um i had i had to do this 
pitch and it was like a 15 minute pitch and I was running late and I ran into the room and there was a panel and I'm like puffing and and then I had to do this okay this is really important I want to get into this six month incubator program I've got to just give my idea about combining yoga and money and lifestyle and I I was still trying to work it out in my head and but it really resonated and I managed to get through the pitch and then start the incubator program Um, and that program then was to create a social enterprise around supporting women in wealth and well-being and supporting women who can't necessarily afford to do training. So I kind of find it ironic that quite often the people that need the help the most can't afford it. Yeah, totally. It's just the way the system's built. It's the way financial advice is built. It's expensive. You've got to have money to to be able to afford financial Mm. planning advice, yet we all have money and we all need advice and support. Mm. So I created the social enterprise as a way of giving back to all women and making it inclusive so that those that can afford to pay will then subsidize and then we grant scholarships for ones who can't afford to play so mm. that everyone can participate. That's awesome. Yeah. That is you. so nice. It's, yeah. But it is so true. Like <laughs> with so many, <laughs> God, in anything you really struggle to, those people that are really, really struggling that need the help mm-hmm. don't have access to those no. types of services. No. That's amazing. So how would someone approach you for a scholarship? So on the website, we have um, an application for a scholarship. It's only got five questions. Um, very simple. It's just to understand what your current situation is and what you will do with the scholarship. So yeah. I encourage, we've got many scholarships to give away, so I encourage anyone who feels that they're deserving in any sense. It doesn't have to be that you don't have the money to do it, but if you feel that you need a scholarship and it will support you right now, then just jump online. Or you can recommend someone else who you think or someone's doing it hard. Yeah, Yeah, so we get a lot of recommendations, um, and it's a great way. It's so nice when someone else recommends Mm. someone because sometimes it can be really hard to admit to because money has so much emotion around it. Oh, I don't want to admit that I'm doing it tough or I, I don't, I know so many help. Exactly. And it's a, it's a female thing, but it's also a startup business mindset. You know, we're struggling. Um, we don't actually want to admit that we're not doing as well as we, as it seems. So Mm. I'm not going to get the help because it's, you know, it's shameful or embarrassing and money has so many emotions tied to it that Mm. if we can kind of strip away the emotions and just think it's just a tool and it's just something like we can learn to manage better just like we can learn to manage our diet better or we can learn how to pick up a skill or a hobby money's no different it's just about learning to manage it so then how would you describe a an abundance mindset around money yeah okay that's a great question so abundance mindset is all about being really aware of your thoughts feelings and emotions around money because they are what is actually driving your action with it so it's about having a I don't want to use the glass half empty, glass half full analogy, but it is about always seeing your ability to take control of your own situation. So in life, we can either choose to feel that we're out of control or that we have full control. It's that whole self-efficacy thing. And I truly believe that no matter your circumstances, if you have the right mindset, you can actually manifest and create opportunities and Um, introduce new ways into your life that will open up doors and create money and generate revenue and those kind of things so abundance mindset to me is also about creating wealth and wealth is um, in my definition anything that you have in your life that brings you joy so yes money may be one of those things but there's going to be a whole lot of things that Mm. money can't buy friendship love sunshine days at the beach, coffee, things that actually bring you a lot of joy and make you feel that you're living a wealthy lifestyle. 
So abundance mindset is about being grateful for what you already have and then recognizing the wealth that you already have in your life and then bringing more of that in through positive thoughts, positive actions and positive feelings. Mm, Cool. So then with the yoga philosophy, how does that all fit in yeah weave through <laughs> so yoga is um it fascinates me obviously it's a three thousand plus year old philosophy um and it's, it's ancient philosophy but it really it is a framework for managing yourself so the more in tune you get to what's going on with you internally the more control you have over your life so the philosophy of yoga just comes into again managing yourself which means that you can then manage money or you mm. can manage relationships or you can manage your well-being or your health better so it's more about how can we take these skills these life skills and then adapt them and understand ourselves so the more we quieten our mind the more we can use our intuition the more we can actually tap into what we really want to do and then we can again use food or relationships or money or any of those elements in the right way yeah yeah, beautiful. As a way to enhance your life rather than decrease it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I see that all the time. I see money because money is just an enabler, or it's actually like a controller. So mm. if we can learn what it's doing for us, okay, is it controlling us at the moment, or is it enabling us to live a life full of opportunities and freedom and stability and balance and all of those cool things that it can do if we take the time to prioritize it. And another thing that I always hear and it kind of... But can I just say, that's a really cool way to look at it. An an enabler or what did you say? A a controller. Controller. That is an awesome way to look at it. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, (laughs) that's all right. (laughs) It is though, isn't it? Change the way you look at things and the things that you look at change. Mm. I love that quote. Love that quote, quote. yeah. But it's so true. We can see it as how we view it is different. So I'll give you another example. How you view debt um, for me, it took me a, a little while to change the way that I view debt. And a lot of people see it as just, you know, a way to accumulate things today. But the way that I look at it is that we are using our future money to have something today. So my future self then has to go, well, thanks, Lee. You've just spent, you know, $50 on eating out today and I'm now paying that off three years later still on the credit card. Yeah. So my future self is going, damn you, you're taking yeah. away from the opportunities that I could have had because I have to pay for your lifestyle yesterday or last year or the year before. So I'm really conscious that debt is good if you are using it to buy something that produces an income. That's good debt. But if you're just using it for holidays and clothes and new computers and eating out and then your future self is going to be limited to what opportunities they can have or they're going to be stuck in a job to pay that off, Mm. that lifestyle off. So it's just about thinking, am I expanding my future or am I limiting my future? It's that duality. Yeah, I like that. I think years ago I must have been reading a book or heard someone talking about debt in a similar way, but it it was more about the mindset of the way that you view your debt because so many people look at it like a ball and chain or mm-hmm. something that's constantly a, a burden. Mm-hmm. Whereas I look at my debt and this is before I bought a house, but <laughs> um, I had a lot of debt in regards to holidays that I had, you know, and I was like, well, I'm just paying for the great fun that I had yeah. just, you know, you know, in a positive way, but then I'd never thought to think about it from the future. That's mm. a really cool. Well, we don't have a tendency to look at the future, do we? Mm. We're kind of happy to just, Go think about today and, and not think about the future. But I like to think that I'm, I'm a big, you know, if investing in yourself through travel or personal development or courses, um, 
I'm a big believer that it's good use of debt because you're expanding your abilities, your talents, mm. your future opportunities. You're still doing that. But I think it's more when it comes just to buying material things yeah. that we then have to pay it off for a couple of years that that's when we're really limiting our future opportunities. Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. So what would you say for someone who is fresh into this, they've got a lot of debt, they're struggling to get by month to month, mm -hmm. what would be one of the first things they should look at? Yeah, great question. And what I, what I get a lot is it's it's quite scary. Mm. Um, you know, money again brings up those emotions. So immediately, if we've got a lot of debt, we might feel a bit of shame or guilt or fear or frustration around it. And that will sometimes then just cause us not to, like, to, to enact. We won't do anything. So there's, there's always a good time to start. And my, whilst yesterday might have been better time, today's just as good and tomorrow's even better. So don't be afraid to ask for help. That's one of the biggest things because it's, it doesn't define you. The mm. level of debt that you have doesn't define you as a good or bad person. It's just the, a, a fact that you have some debt. And because of that situation, there's things that you can do to get ahead. So I, I find a lot of people feel that ashamed so they don't go and get help when in reality a little bit of help and just will, will change everything. Mm. And I always think that stress is directly related to how out of control you feel. So to take back control will mean that you'll be able to reduce that stress a little bit. And you don't actually need to maybe go without or do without to get ahead with debt. There's some really cool things you can do that will help you get ahead without restricting your lifestyle or without making you feel like you're doing without. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And so you just got back from Bali doing a retreat. Mm -hmm. Was that money focused as well? It was. That was amazing. That was, um, it's called the wild money retreat and we use art therapy to explore your relationship with money. So we pretty much just drew for five days. Wow. Um, and then explored what's happening with each area of our money. So our total relationship with money, how, what it's like to give money, to receive money, to spend money, to save money, to grow money. Um, and to protect our money. So we explore all of those areas um, in a really creative way. So just because we're talking about money doesn't mean it has to be all left brain, boring, spreadsheets, numbers. It can be creative and beautiful and, um, you know, really nurturing and, and empowering. It's just about shifting it a little bit. And, and why not learn about money in a really beautiful environment? Yeah, Bali is stunning. Yeah, yeah. so cool. Um, and you mentioned you've got another retreat coming up soon. Um, I do. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. So I've got a couple. I've got one in India, uh, which is around the yoga elements and lifestyle. Um, and then I've got another one, which is a couples retreat here in Australia, um, which will be around getting on the same page with your spouse about money. Wow, that's mm. going to be powerful. That would be really powerful because if we look at the stats around money being the number one cause of stress, relationship breakdown and divorce, and just we know that opposites attract in relationships and it generally is the case with money as well. So you'll have a spender and a saver or someone so who's truly security focused or someone who loves freedom and someone who's very much around having nice things. Yeah, so that or there's one controller and one enabler. <laughs> so true isn't it it is so true and it's learning to manage well one become aware of it yeah. and then learning with a whole toolkit of ways to manage that so that money doesn't become the reason that your relationship doesn't work yeah because i see it all the time and it, and it shouldn't be that case but it, it does so so is it more for couples that are experiencing 
struggle or that are just wanting to better their future? Like it's for all couples because we're not taught these skills. We're not taught how to communicate. And it's in part, I'm running this in partnership with a relationship therapist. And she said to me, Lee, we need to do this because nearly every single couple I see money is the big issue Mm. or one of the big issues. Um, and, and I just feel, well, we're not taught these things. We're not shown how to manage money, how to communicate about money, how to plan and get on the same page about what we actually want to achieve with this money. We're never taught that. Mm. So, yes, it is for people who may be struggling, but it's, it's equally for people who want to invest in their relationship and their future as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for putting that together. Like, it is so needed in Thank this you. day and age. Like. That's huge. And you're so right. I wish there was a component in school where we learnt how to deal with money and our emotions and our thoughts and <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But I think the consciousness of the of the planet is definitely rising. And I think mm. even I think recently I saw an ad on TV from a bank that was like, What's your money personality? I think it was a money yeah, spending cool. personality. I saw that. Yeah. I was yeah. like, That's cool. It's very cool. There's yeah. a bit of psychology coming into yeah. money now, which it, as it should be. Because mm. we know it's not about just putting money away in, in a share for the rest of your life it's Mm. it's about yeah what do you want this money to do for you Mm. and if you can work that out and then use it accordingly you're going to create that happiness that you're looking for Mm. amazing so is there any areas of money that you still struggle with or you still work on yourself yeah absolutely because money is a relationship so i still have those moments where i struggle with impulse spending but I've just put in in place frameworks to stop me to, to stop myself. So money respects um, structure. So if we can separate it out and have a, it all automated and systematized, we get out of our own way. Yeah. Where it gets complicated is we get involved and then we go, I'm going to go spend that or I'm going to go do this. And then suddenly there's not enough left over for other stuff. So I'm, I'm human and I think the best way to teach someone is from your own experience. Mm, and part of me creating a lot of this program was in my early 20s, I was a big spender. I would spend everything that I earned. I had credit card debt and I was a financial advisor, a young one, but a financial advisor. And I'm thinking, I know all of what I should be doing with money. I know it. I've got really good technical skills. But why am I not doing it? Why why can't I apply it to myself? Mm. And that's when it really got me thinking because it's not just about what you do. It's about how you feel and what you think as well. So your beliefs and your thoughts and your emotions. Because, mm. yeah, you're so right. Our emotions literally drive every bit of action that we do. Don't they? So what do you feel is important when someone is starting out on their journey of developing wealth? Mm-hmm. What do you think is important to consider? Um, find a good mentor. That's a really good starting point because there is a lot to learn and it's, um, unfortunately communicated in a language which is purposely difficult to understand. And I think that's done because it creates a whole industry for people. It creates a whole financial advice industry and financial literacy. And and I'm not a cynic, but I, I just believe that it can be communicated in a lot easier to understand English Mm. and language. Um, and then it wouldn't be as scary for people. So find someone who speaks your language is a really good start. And there's so many free books and there's e-courses and online stuff that you can watch that will just help you give that foundation. But the foundation of managing money is to have a good relationship with yourself and understanding what drives your behavior, so your habits and your beliefs. Yeah. And then also really getting in control of the money that's coming into your life and the money that's going out of your life. So you're your income and your spending, essentially. That's the foundation. Mm. 
Mm, totally. So you mentioned online courses. Now mm. tell me a little bit about your 30 day challenge. Yeah. So I that's that the um, website. That's the free 30 day challenge that we have, which is around creating mindfulness with money. So each day you get emailed a tip or a question or um, an activity to do. And it's about creating a more conscious and purposeful relationship with your money. So a lot of what we do with money is is unconscious. Um, it's driven out of habit. We don't even realize we're doing it. So really simple things like one day we might actually get you to actually get money out and have a good look at it. Because a lot of people don't know who's on the money, what it looks like, how it feels. Like it just actually create a connection with it. And because we use cards so much now, mm. that's even a bigger disconnect from what it actually is. So there's little things um, through it, practical tips around saving and spending. But then there's activities like that where you actually have to really connect with the money. Mm. Cool. Very yeah. cool. So I'll make sure that I put the links on the show notes so everybody can um, get access to that. So we can't really talk about money without talking about business. Mm-hmm. I know that you've been running your business for how many years now? Um, around about, this one's about four years, but prior to that, I ran one, another one for three and a half and sold that before I started this one. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So in regards to setting up and starting your own business, what were your challenges around money for that? I think what I see a lot is there's no structure. And I also see a lot of new business owners not separating personal from business expenses. So that's sort of a number one would be to say, hang on, we need some structure and we need to actually separate it out. Um, obviously, as a startup business or a small business, access to money can be really hard. And the reason that most businesses fail, we know, is not because of passion and not because of expertise, but it's because of the money. And it may be just an inability to have the confidence to ask for what you actually should be getting, like mm-hmm. valuing your services, valuing what you're worth, or it may be that you just don't have the structures and systems in place to manage it, or it just scares you. So most of us are really great business owners, really great at what we do and what we're passionate about, but when it comes to managing the money aspect, we feel that we don't have the skills or where it scares us. So that's where we kind of just ignore it. So a bookkeeper or an accountant or someone who can just outsource it. It's a great investment because you don't want money to be the reason that your business doesn't mm, work. True. And if it's, it's money, then you're going to have to go back to a, a salary job or, or a career. And it seems such a shame that that wasted passion and, and startup, we know how hard it is to mm. start up a business. And then we, you know, the, the lack of attention to, to the money side of things causes it to fail. It, it's, it breaks my heart. It's horrible. Mm, totally. So in regards to business in general for your, the last, this business for the last four years, what do you feel have been some of your challenges with getting started, being successful and achieving what you've achieved? Definitely as a startup, um, you know, we didn't, I didn't have any business borrowing, so I just had to bootstrap it from day one. Um, and it's grown organically and we've raised money through crowdfunding and we've worked with not-for-profits and got some grant funding and things. But it's been, you know, one step forward, three steps back, three steps forward, two steps back. It's just sort of as that hard slog of, of growing something to be, um, to be scalable. And that's what, you know, I've got a really strong desire to help as many people as possible. So I want it to grow to a level where I can give that one to many kind of support and, and reach as many people as, as I can. But that's also that, that big vision requires big money. Mm. So. Um, it's always just keeping focused on that vision and not not being too disheartened when things don't go quite as quickly as you want them to go. Mm. 
So is there any daily habits that you do that kind of keep you focused on that? Yeah, I'm big on vision boards. And um, so each new business year, I do a new business vision board. I've got personal ones, but my business one is very clear. Um, we have goals. So I always look at goals being um, the vision for the business. I break it down to the goals. So the three monthly goals, and then I break it down to weekly actions. And then I have this big to-do list, a massive to-do list. It probably has... 200 items on it but I just pick five that I can focusing on right now because I get so overwhelmed mm. with just opportunities and must-dos and follow-ups and all of those kind of things so I'm always just focusing on the what's the most important thing right now um, and I think that gets me through that overwhelm yeah that's so true because you can be so focused on some stuff that doesn't necessarily move you forward mm -hmm. or things that don't necessarily make you money yeah and all these little bits and pieces of uh, i should do's or i've you know really got to put that content out here or i really got to do this mm -hmm. and it's kind of like well is that really building my business or mm -hmm. is it just buffering exactly right and i think sometimes we tend to do the stuff we like doing the most so yeah all the things the we're most confident stuff. in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So trying to structure my days a little bit more. And I'm lucky now that I've got a team. But when it was just me, it was you had to be all things to everybody. Mm. So it was wearing all those different hats. And, it, and like what you said, it's what we were good at or what I liked doing. I t had a tendency to do those. Whereas now I, I realize that I, um, I'm lucky enough to be able to delegate these things that I'm not so good at and focus on what I am, but I still get distracted by the shiny objects sometimes. I'm like, it's hard. Yeah. It's like, oh, this pops up. Oh, that's right. I'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you know it was the right time to hire staff? Um, good question. And to start off with, we, um, I had a lady come and volunteer for me for a little while. And then after a while, I, cause it's such a big step to make, you, you know, it's your vision, it's your yeah. vision. You're bringing someone else in financially. It's a big thing as well. Cause the business then needs to support more people. And, um, but it was the best decision I ever made because her skills and knowledge complements. It's not like mine. It's very different to mine. Mm. So that makes us a, a more cohesive team. And then we've had a whole range of interns come through as well um, and volunteers. And we've just had some part-time people come through. So cool. I'm all about giving people experience and opening up and just saying, yes, if people want to come and help, sure, come yeah. and help. Yeah, That's awesome. So how do you find it's – how important do you feel it's, it is to align yourself with other successful people? Very, very important. So um, you would have heard the um, quote or the analogy that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So I'm inspired by others, and, and I spend a lot of time in co-working spaces and um, you know collaborative sort of hubs so that I can be inspired and see what other people are doing because mm. that drives me to then keep going. And – I work from home, um, and we will come together as a, you know, in different spaces. But when you work from home, it can be really hard to not get caught up in your own little bubble and to also feel like you're not doing as much as you could be doing or you're, you're sort of isolated. I'm not showing, not sure what you could be doing. Like yeah. there's so many other things that you kind of get inspired by other people and go, Oh, I never thought of that. I could totally do that. <laughs> Absolutely. So networking events, co-working spaces, online communities and forums, podcasts, they're all such great ways. I'm a big believer that we can learn so much from other people. Why recreate it when someone else has already done it? You can just mm. learn from them. And yes, you adapt it your own way, but you don't have to, you know, create it from scratch. Mm. So is there a mentor or someone that you have leaned upon in the past that has given you some really great advice you'd like to share? Oh, that's a good question too. Um, 
or something you've learnt from them? I guess one of the um, one of the messages that I've learnt is that you don't have to look within your industry to. So, for example, I'm financial advisor, and I could have created just a financial advising business like everyone else, and looked within the industry to get inspiration and motivation and to see how to do my business. But what I was told younger was don't just limit yourself. Look outside and see what other industries are doing, what other um, groups are doing and and get inspiration externally because that's where evolution and innovation comes from. So to combine yoga and um, mindfulness with money was about saying, well, I'm not just going to look in the finance sector. I'm going to actually see how social enterprises and wellness businesses are doing what they do and see if I can integrate it to create something new. Mm. So don't be limited by if you're a hairdresser and you just look at other hairdressers, don't do that. Look outside, look for inspiration elsewhere and see what other service providers are doing and then maybe create something of your own. Mm, love that. That's great mm. advice. That's Thanks. awesome. So obviously then business relationships and connecting and doing networking and all that stuff is really important. So how would you, what would be your um, take on building really great relationships in business? I think it's really important to um, really focus on connections from a face-to-face personal level. So I think we're, you know, I love the internet. My whole business is built around the internet. and But I think communication and relationships also need to be outside of that. And yeah. I think my the best relationships I've had from a business point of view have been where I've met someone face-to-face and actually had that coffee or mm. gone to a networking function. And whilst we might have engaged online, we've actually – created a relationship face-to-face. And mm. I think that really helps. Um, it's so easy to sit behind your computer and just email people and not even pick up the phone. Mm. So I really believe that in business we need that that balance. And I, I don't believe there is an actual proper connection unless it's face-to-face. Yeah. Um, and even if it's like is over Zoom, at least it's still face-to-face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I find that – or I think I've read somewhere about where the brain doesn't – you can't actually build that connection without that – human connection yeah okay. um, it's running around in my brain i can't think of where i read it but anyway um so is there anything else that you notice with other successful people that you think um is something that will help build your business or help you become successful something that you admire i'm really um i'm really passionate about social enterprise and i think there are some amazing businesses and business models out there that are built around passion and purpose and Mm. profit. So a a lot of my background has been for profit. So, you know, I work in financial advice. We're there to make a profit and an impact to a degree. But I'm now more about how can I make the maximum impact and still make a profit, but I'm living my purpose. So Mm. I'm inspired by businesses who have that impact vision and who really want to make a difference in the world, but are also making money. That's speaking my language. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So what do you do to keep yourself motivated or um, continuously develop your skills? So I'm big on personal development and self-development. So I I'm, I do yoga every day, Monday to Friday, um, start my morning at five with yoga. And then I do a lot of short courses, online courses. I read a lot. I have a coach myself. Um, I travel a lot. So I'm always just looking. My mindset is that I've got to grow. And I don't want to stay the same and I don't want to go backwards. So if I'm not moving forwards in myself personally, then I feel like I'm not having – That's to me, that's sort of success. It's more so much about that than it is financial for me. Yeah, beautiful. And I think you 
can't really show up as your authentic self without working on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot to work on. I mean, yeah. I've got a lifetime of beliefs, habits, behaviors that I, I want to work out. Is this working for me or not? And if it's not, how can I be the best version of myself? So that's what I'm working towards. I don't think I'll ever get there, but I've got to work towards it and yeah. keep keep working on it. That's the ultimate, isn't it? The, prog- the progression that you make. Yeah, yeah definitely. So I don't think we ever reach our full potential. I think yeah. working towards it is really aspirational, but I don't think we ever mm. get to that because I don't know if we even really know what we are powerful or how powerful we are. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about any challenges that you've had or I don't like to use the word failure, but if yep. there's, have there been any major failure that you've learned from? Um, so let's have a think. A couple of challenges. Um, one was doing things differently and having the courage to do it. So what I'm doing is very different for the advice space. So when I'm talking about being innovative, that's great, but you've also got to have that courage to say, Hey, I'm standing out here on the hill by myself doing my own thing and being completely fine with that. Yeah. Um, that took some time to put myself out there and be confident with my message and, and feel like, I wasn't going to be ridiculed or or told I was unprofessional or any of that. So the self-belief thing, I could have got that a lot earlier, but that just came with putting myself like a toe in the water and then maybe the foot in the water. (laughs) I should have just jumped in straight away. Um, I also created an online course, which is a six-week online course, and I took too long to do that because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I, I wanted it to be everything. So I did all these extra workbooks and videos and I really should have just launched it and as a minimum viable product and then built on it as I went. <clears throat> so that's sort of another learning that if I were to do another one, which I'm not sure I will right now because <laughs> it was such an investment of time and energy, but I should have just, um, yeah, put something that I was, you know, pretty happy about. And there's that whole saying, if you're not embarrassed by what you put out to the world, then you've left it too late. So <clears throat> I really yeah. believe that actually. I think, you know, if you have a tendency to be a perfectionist or to over-deliver or over-achieve, then just be go easy on yourself. Put it out there, and, and it might be more than what people are expecting anyway. So. Mm. Yeah, I often tell perfectionists, put it out at 80%. Yeah. And yeah. then test and measure because yeah. so many times you put it out there and go, oh, that's awesome, and then you get this feedback, and you're like, oh, I want to change it. So yeah. you can play around with it and then put it out even better next time. Absolutely. So you're only ever going to learn – by putting it out there. Yeah. Like, it's so important. It is so important. So how often, you mentioned before you do vision boards and goals and stuff for your business, how often do you set goals for your business? So we do a sales and marketing monthly meeting just to work out where we're at, what we need to get to the targets that we've set. Um, and then I personally look every week at what my goals are. And again, I have those top five priorities and they're on a daily basis. And sometimes I will tick none of them off, but it feels really good when you can cross them yeah. all off. <laughs> um, but that's sort of, I'm kind of a daily, weekly, monthly person. And then I have the overarching vision, which is the vision board and, and the, the idea about where I want the business to go. Yeah. And it will never go in complete um, alignment with that. But I think by having that as a guidance, it helps you to say, yes or no to opportunities. It helps you to keep on track and, fo- and remain focused. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You might veer off the path, but at least you know where to get back on it. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. if you've got that focus. So what's your 10-year goal? Do you have a vision for your 10-year? Yeah, I do. Um, I want to be speaking um, globally on this, and, and I'm starting awesome. this year. I've got a conference in the US that I'm speaking at. Um, so I want to be traveling a lot. I want to be doing workshops and retreats globally. Um, I want to have... 
a huge number of women who have come through the Mindful Wealth Movement and the Journey to Mindful Wealth Program who have really solid vision on what money means to them and how to use it in their lives. So big impact. Um, I want to make sure that it is accessible to a lot of women who can't afford it. Yeah. So it's inclusive and and oh, also I don't awesome. know what else. I think I'm open to the universe to say whatever you want to bring through, I'm, I'm an open book. So. Yeah. And how do you go about speaking in front of audiences? <laughs> That's a good Sorry, question. I have to ask. <laughs> so I am... Um, I have a really husky voice and that's just something I've had since I was a baby. And I used to have this belief or fear that I couldn't speak in in public. And I think it was just that self esteem thing. Mm -hmm. So last year I spoke at over 35 events. Whoa. It was huge. And I think I still get really nervous, but it comes with that practice of put yourself out there and give it a go. And what's the worst that can happen? And to me, it's not about me anymore. It's about my message. My message is the most important thing. So I get there and I think it's not about me. It's about the message. And when I am in that frame of mind, things go really well. So it doesn't worry me anymore, but it used to absolutely terrify me. <laughs> but it's fine now. That's cool. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast yesterday or the day before, and they were saying how if if you think about watching someone speak on stage – the likelihood of someone remembering a bad speech other than a good speech. No, that's not the way I want to say it. So she was saying, basically, if you're bad, people aren't going to remember it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> they it's go, so oh, that was kind of terrible. And they kind of talk about it for 10 minutes, but then they kind of forget about it. Yeah. It's the memorable ones that they go, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. So even if you are bad, it doesn't necessarily mean people are going to, you know, remember you next year and remember how bad you were. So exactly. And I think <laughs> you've got to be all... bad to get better. Exactly. You've got to start somewhere. And I think we all have this kind of, um, empathy for public speakers because we all fear it most of us mm. fear it so it's actually, actually tw- like the biggest fear like death and public, public speaking, speaking. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> i think it's hilarious but i think too that um find what works for you so when i first started having a microphone was not a good idea because my hand would shake oh and then i would worry that people could see my head shaking. yeah so now i realize that having a headset is way better for me because then i can just use because i use my hands a lot when i speak I can then naturally speak. And I find also, and you'll probably laugh, it's like, if I don't wear shoes, I'm a lot more grounded. But a lot of these events are corporate events, yeah. so I've got to wear shoes. <laughs> so I realize now that if I'm going to speak on stage at those events, then I should be flat shoes and not heels. Yeah. So I have a tendency to wear heels in those events. And then when I'm on stage, I get a little bit nervous. So I've just got to work out what works for me. Mm. Um and most of the other events, if I can take my shoes off, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> like booking yoga retreats and booking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. So what do you feel that you've learned about yourself throughout your business journey? Um, so I think it's, um, again, knowing myself better, knowing, recognizing what I'm good at and then admitting what I'm not so good at and, and being okay with that and then asking for someone to support me, whether it's outsourcing or having an employee or getting a coach. Um, realizing that I can't do everything, that's a big thing. Cause I've always kind of been someone like, no, I can do it. I'll, I'll, I'll manage. But yeah, allowing people to help me has been mm. a big lesson for myself. And I think the other lesson is there are no boundaries. There's no limitations. What you dream, you can achieve what you believe you mm. can achieve. I did a vision board five years ago on what I thought this business would look like with money and yoga and personal development and coaching. And I just put a whole lot of words up on this 
big piece of paper and I'll, I can send a photo so you can see it and I still have it and I laminated it and I put it on the wall and a few years ago I looked at it and I went that's exactly what I've created wow so having that kind of vision even if it seems really left field just go with it and mm. it will happen if you've got the drive and the passion and the motivation to do it and really not being you know don't even care about what other people think about uh-huh. your vision because not everyone's going to be on board yeah and I think I saw something online the other day. It was like, you know, not everyone's going to think your idea is a great idea. And even if other people think it's silly, there's a guy that made millions and millions of dollars off a pool noodle. <laughs> so, <laughs> and plenty of people would have thought that was stupid. Yes. And that's so true because not everyone will buy into what you're about. Mm. But you don't need to be everything to everyone. Mm, true. And I think another message that I got was, your target market can be as niche as you want it to be. And when I first started, I, I had this clear vision. I just want to help women who are working in or interested in well-being. That's pretty. That's still a pretty big yeah, it's huge. target yeah. market. But within my industry, I was saying, well, why do you want to just target women? And why do you just want to target women who are interested in well-being? And aren't you limiting yourself when you start talking about yoga? And all of these kind of messages were coming at me. Just realizing that it's not about them, mm. it's, it, and it's not really about me. It was more their fears as opposed to mine or yeah. my own, but not letting those get in the way of your vision. Yeah. It, it's your vision. That's it, and that is not your people. Yeah, exactly. You know? And being okay with that, that you don't have to be you're exactly the same. You don't have to be this, yeah. everything for everybody. Mm. No, not at all. Totally. So is there anything that you're listening to at the moment or reading at the moment that you've been really interested in? I'm one of those people that has about six books on yeah, the go <laughs> at the moment. Um, I've just got really into Audible lately. I am. Um, because I drive a lot and I'm walking and I'm just I'm thinking I'm reading so much, but to actually hear and listen to books is so nice. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I love audiobooks at the moment. So I'm a big fan of Wayne Dyer. I love his stuff. Um, I've been reading The Four Agreements or listening to The Four Agreements, which is a fantastic yeah. book. Um I'm reading one about how it's called The Body Keeps the Score and it's about how trauma in terms of emotional or physical trauma is stuck in our bodies yeah, and that yeah. we need to learn to release it through either working through it or through yoga or through movement. And so particularly that one interests me from around money patterning and money traumas and mistakes and messages that we've heard and, and then how that gets trapped in us and that can manifest as stress, which then manifests as disease. So fascinating books at the moment. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. What do you wish people would ask you about money? Most people ask me how to make money. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's not about, that's, that's not, not what about. <laughs> I'd like people to, to understand how to keep money rather than make, because it's not about how much you get. It's about how much you keep that, you know, and how much you use in accordance with what you really want. Yeah. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'd love people to just ask me what they really want to know about money as well, because yeah. we don't get a forum or an, an environment to openly ask what we would sometimes think is stupid questions. Yeah. There's no such thing as a stupid question because money is so important to most of us. Um, and it really starts to, again, rule our lives. So I just people, I just wish people would ask me about money. That would be a good response. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. So what are you excited about for 2018? everything (laughs) um i am excited about going to india i'm excited about my first international conference um in portland oregon in september 
I'm excited about um, the new coaching programs we're rolling out and just doing more of what I love, travel and helping women and talking about money. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you so much. So is there any advice that you might have for someone who is starting out on their entrepreneurial journey mm-hmm. and anything, maybe advice you've heard along the way or something that you've learned along your journey that you'd like to impart? Mm. So if you're just starting out, I think the sky's the limit. Um, and even then that's not really a limit. You can go beyond. So I think communication, collaboration, connection, they're all really important. So if you can find a community um, to learn from, who inspires you, who you can communicate and, and collaborate with, then that will be one of your powerful, most powerful allies and, and su- sort of supports in your future growth. Mm, nice. Very nice. Awesome. Thank you. So for people who want to reach out to you to work with you, where will they be able to find more information about what you do? Yeah, for sure. So definitely on Facebook and Instagram, the Mindful Wealth Movement, but I'm sure we'll put a link down after this. Um, We have websites as well. So we do have that free 30-day challenge. So that's a really good way to kind of test out what we're all about. Um, It doesn't cost you anything and it's just a 30-day commitment. Um, Otherwise, just, yeah, jump online and, and say hello. Just reach out to me. Ask you about money. Ask me about money. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending the time with me this morning to chat all about money and retreats and your purpose and your vision. It's just phenomenal what you're doing. I think it's so important that you've taken these so many cool concepts and brought them all together to be able to support women in, in this day and age. So I really want to thank you for that. Thank you. It's been really lovely. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this and really looking forward to seeing what you create this year. Thanks. Amazing. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week and here's to taking your life to the next level. Bye.